This episode of Check the Locks is brought to you by our friends at Audible. Audible is your one-stop shop for audio entertainment where you can always find the best of what you love or discover something new. That's right. Audible offers an incredible selection of audiobooks across every genre, from mysteries, thrillers, biographies, and of course, true crime. And as an Audible member, you can choose one title a month from their catalog to keep forever, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. Audible members also get access to thousands of podcasts from popular favorites, exclusive new series, and this very podcast you're listening to now. Plus, the Audible app makes it easy to listen anytime, anywhere. While traveling, working out, walking the dog, doing chores, Audible makes listening anywhere easy. And best of all, Check the Locks listeners can try Audible for free for 30 days. So head over to audibletrial.com slash checkthelocks or click the link in the show notes to start enjoying Audible today. Warning, Check the Locks podcast is a true crime podcast and may contain graphic descriptions of violence, murder, sexual assault, and more. Check the Locks podcast is not appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Welcome back to Check the Locks Presents True Crime for the Short on Time. As always, I'm John Connor. I'm Olivia Cornu. Saying thank you for joining us this week as we dive into yet another truly terrifying bite-sized true crime case. Olivia, this is episode number four of our marathon recording session. They're coming out in a little bit different order, so don't worry about it if you're listening at home. But we've been burning the midnight oil. How are you feeling? Are you ready to get this one done and finally be able to call it quits, get packed and get some rest? Yeah, I'm just trying to think I'm going to be pulling an all-nighter. I haven't packed a bag. It's 12.15 in the morning. I'm getting picked up at 6 for the airport. Yeah, it's going to be a long night, but I'm hanging in there. We got this. We do. We'll be able to get through this one. It's a short on time. I definitely know you're short on time. I'm short on time. I know our listeners are short on time, so we'll get through it. We'll get you some sleep, get you all tucked into bed and packed and ready to go. But this week is your case. Instead of the yada yada, let's get to the murder murder. What is going on? What are we talking about this week? Well, this week we're going to talk about another potential spouse murder. It's kind of been the trend lately. It's like they're happening every day, you know? It's kind of crazy. I think they really are because there's more out there than I've realized. I feel like your views on marriage have drastically shifted since we started this podcast. <laughs> since I first met you, I think my views on marriage have changed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry about that, but I think it's important that you know what's happening out in these streets. Right? I mean, now I feel like I just need to stay alone forever because if not, my spouse is going to murder me. No, you'll find a perfectly nice spouse who's not a killer. It'll it'll happen. But... Again, I know you got to get a bag packed. I know you got to get some sleep. So why don't we jump into it? Take it away whenever you are ready. Let's get our short on time on. On September 20th, Jeffrey Fellman was found dead in his garage on the 5600 block of Stone Path Drive in Middletown, Ohio. Police received a tip from 33-year-old John Havens, who went to the Middletown Police Department, claiming that he had dismembered a body. He told police that he was asked by 59-year-old Bonnie Vaughn to dismember her husband's already deceased body. Vaughn was immediately brought in for questioning. She told police that she acted in self-defense. 
Vaughn claimed that a few nights before the incident, her husband, Jeffrey Fellman, choked her in the parking lot at a local bar. On the night Fellman was shot, Vaughn says the couple was arguing in the garage, and it began to get physical. She told detectives that Fellman threw a chair at her and was grabbing her by the arms. She also claimed that during the argument, she was frightened that he may hurt her. And that's when Bonnie grabbed a gun and shot him in self-defense. Detectives were able to verify that Vaughn did indeed have marks on her body that suggested she was injured during the argument. The Warren County coroner would later reveal that Jeffrey Fellman died of multiple gunshot wounds and was dismembered post-mortem. Court documents showed that Fellman was shot multiple times around 6.15 p.m. on September 19th. It was then that John Haven proceeded to dismember his body the following day. Haven shared with police that he cut up the body with a handsaw from the garage. It appeared that the shooting happened by the refrigerator, but his body was found in multiple trash bags. John Havens was indicted for tampering with evidence and gross abuse of a corpse. His bond was set at $15,000. Havens pled not guilty to the charges, and his trial date has not been set. As for Bonnie Vaughn, she was found about two hours later after Havens confessed, and in her car, police found several handguns. She was arrested and indicted on six counts of aggravated murder with a firearm, murder with a firearm, felonious assault, tampering with evidence, and gross abuse of a corpse. Bonnie Vaughn's bail has been set at $1 million. Both Havens and Vaughn are being held at the Warren County Jail. As prosecutors continue to build their case, more evidence has led them to believe that the murder of Jeffrey Fellman may have been premeditated. So talk to me a little bit about that. Have you found anything in the research that is leading them to believe that or are they still staying like pretty tight lipped about it? Um, There's a little bit out there, but there's not so much because I think they're still trying to build their case. And I think the more that gets out to the public before, you know, they tell their story, you know, the better chances they have of really pinning them down. But I think ultimately with Haven's confession, you know, he's not just going to go to the police department and say, I dismembered a body if he didn't. And she basically didn't deny she didn't kill him. She just said she did it in self-defense. So I'm just kind of wondering what all the evidence will be that comes out. I'm sure there's going to be some sort of criminal record and pa- and a past, you know, history of domestic abuse calls and things like that. So I'm sure more will come out of it. But yeah, I feel like this is definitely one that we're going to have to keep an eye on because as you were going through and again, this is all totally speculation. Right. But mm-hmm. in my mind, it takes a certain type of relationship for you to call me and be like, hey, I killed my husband. I need you to come over and dismember the body and for me to be like, you got it. I'll be over tomorrow. Like, get the bat. You know what I mean? I'm really interested to find out more about what the dynamic of their relationship is or was at the time. Yeah. And, you know, maybe there was a little bit more going on than, you know, just we're friends and she needed help, you know? Yeah, because there's an age difference between them as well. He's 33. She's 59. Like, Mm. she's technically old enough to be his parent. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know, again, you know, speculation, but maybe she's, you know, into younger guys or there's plenty of examples out there of people who have lured somebody into a relationship, like specifically to have them do something like this. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It's really, really interesting. It's a kind of a crazy story. It's that's where I think the disconnect for me is and where I want to know more is like what define their relationship. You know, like, how did they meet? It's just strange that, you know, 59 year old woman would just be like, I just called my 33 year old friend. Like, I don't know what circles they would have run in or anything like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll keep looking out for it. And, you know, hopefully we'll find some stuff. But it doesn't seem like this case is going to take off like big media, but maybe it will. You just 
we never know. We'll see what comes of it. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. And I, I'm going to want to know more. You know, I, I think this is one that a few days from now, I'm still going to be like, but what? Like, what? Uh, how did she get him to do that? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I have a lot of friends that I really love and I would do almost anything for. I don't know if I have one friend that could call me and be like, I need you to help me get rid of a body. And I'd be like, sure. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, just dismember <laughs> it in my garage. Here's a Corona. Drink up. Now, I know for a fact that I have friends that I could call and they would be like, yeah, for sure. Where do you need me to be? And that's why <laughs> I love them and they're great friends. But I just I don't have it in me. If we're talking deadbolt test, this is one of those ones where they always rank a little bit higher for me. I'm going to come through. I am going to put this at a six and I'm putting this at a six just because of the fact that it's just the idea that your spouse could kill you. We talk about it all the time. All the time nowadays. Don't murder, get divorced. Yeah. This is becoming the norm. I'm just going to start offering our listeners, hey, if you want to get a divorce instead of killing your husband, just call us up. We'll help you out. We'll save you a lifetime of imprisonment. Yeah, I feel like statistically somebody in the Facebook group is going <laughs> to murder their husband. But I think Just maybe, kidding. We love you all. Yeah, definitely. We don't have any of, of those types in the Facebook group. But I think... Uh, that should be like a new t-shirt that we come up with that just says divorce, not murder. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? Something, maybe something like that. Divorce so. greater than murder. But what about you? Where did this fall on your deadbolt test? It feels like you're pretty opinionated on it as we're going into it. I think I'm going to go with like a five. It's the dismemberment for me. Like it's the fact that the man lay dead in her garage and then the next day this guy showed up and dismembered him and just put him in trash bags. That's what gets me on this case. Like you said, there's more to the story that we just don't know yet. And I just need to know why and how and what was the deal that was made with John Havens to get him to dismember her husband. That is a really weird thought, isn't it? Like I have a garage. Somebody's just laying in there dead and then I just wait for my friend to come over. Well, and just the idea that like somebody could kill me and then I'm cut into pieces. You know what I mean? Like that's just a strange because, you know, when we think about, you know, burial or cremation or something like that. And like we've done cases before where like they couldn't bury the person until they found the pieces, you know. So it's just I don't know. It's just like a, a crazy thing to think that could happen to you after you were gone. And if he didn't confess, was she just going to throw him out with the trash? Yeah, that's what I want to know is like what her plan was, because eventually pe people would notice that he was missing. Yeah, or that the trash can smelled like a decomposing body. Yeah, that's a good call out as well. I don't know, just, there's a lot of things. I hope it we get more answers. No, I am definitely there with you. Well, that is where we fall on the deadbolt test for this week's short on time episode. Olivia's putting it at a five. I'm putting it at a six. But as always, we want to know where does the murder of Jeffrey Fellman by his wife, Bonnie Vaughn, fall on your deadbolt test? You can let us know. Reach out to us on Instagram at Check the Locks Pod. Find us on Twitter at Check the Locks. And if you're not in our Facebook group, come hang out with us. Maybe you will be our statistic. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Come hang out with us. We would love to get to know you. We would love to get to spend some time with you. And as always, if you are interested in supporting Check the Locks, you can do so by becoming a patron. Head over to patreon.com forward slash check the locks. Get signed up today. We got a lot of great tiers, a lot of great benefits, exclusive t-shirts, coffee mugs, stickers, all for being a patron. Plus, you get the episodes early and ad free. So you don't have to worry about any of those pesky commercials. No one's talking about Audible. Go in there. Give it a listen. Save yourself that time. Get the episodes. No ads. And if you can't financially support the show, we definitely understand just listening, hanging out with us every week, sharing the show with your friends and family means just as much, if not more. So if that is you, you're hanging out with us, you're letting people know about what we do. 
From the bottom of our hearts, we really do appreciate it, and it means more than we could ever tell you. We talk about it every week, but our goal is to get out in front of as many listeners as we can, grow this family, and hopefully do this podcast for a very long time. And when you share the show, it helps us to do that. So thank you, thank you, thank you. That is all that we have for this week's case, but please make sure that you are subscribed to Check the Locks on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. We will see you next time with a truly terrifying bite-sized true crime case, but until then, don't forget to check the locks. See you next week.